welcome to episode number 40 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. Three more of those minds joining me this week in Dustin Galker, Eric Ramsey, and Brett Colson. Guys, we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on Spotify. Please go in rate review give us five stars or give us one star nothing in between i don't want to see any of these two or three or four stars either love us or hate us that's why we're here dustin yes i i don't want i don't want mediocre takes i want to yes i want i want if you give us zero stars I'd, I'd appreciate that also right yeah i mean i want it to be loved or hated i want nothing in between so i appreciate you guys for doing that we are going to have an interview a little bit later in this with FanDuel's nick bonadio so be sure and hang around with that of course we have the uh, quick quitters that we always have each and every week and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the nba all-star weekend what you, what you can expect there some new programming stuff that is going to be happening in the sports betting world as well but first some housekeeping guys we will be splitting uh this podcast into two you will have the lines podcast you also have the lsr the legal sports report podcast so be sure and subscribe to the new podcast when we get that going it'll be here in another week or two before we launch the new version of the podcast, but it'll be more that will be completely legislative focused, be looking at all the laws and all the things that are going on around the country when it comes to that. And the lines will morph into more of a consumer facing podcast. Where we're talking about, you know, the bigger bets, the big wins, the crazy parlays, the all the stuff that happening going on in the sports betting industry. So please appreciate you guys subscribing to both of those. And let's get going here today with Ohio. We always start with what's going on in the various states around the country, and Ohio is up for some sports betting. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell us about Ohio? Yeah, we have many. We have many various states to talk about. Uh, Ohio has placeholder bills on file in both chambers. They literally, it's we saw these last year too. They literally just say it's the intention of the legislature to legalize sports betting. That's it. Um, our Matt Cradell spoke with the Senate sponsor this week who says he wants to load that bill up with language this month. Uh, he says it has a better than 50-50 chance of passage. We don't really know what's going to be included yet, but there are hints that we'll see mobile and online betting included in there. We probably won't see integrity fees. Um, yeah, this sponsor, John Eklund, seems to – he's saying all the right words about the reasons to do this, about how it's not a revenue generator. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's optimistic, but most sponsors are, so we will see what happens. Let's see here, Dustin. Ohio, where was it on your predicto meter when we entered 2019? I think uh, every state we see has like I think these 50-50 odds keep coming up. Like uh, flip a coin, who knows whether the state will actually get it done because it's so complicated to get it done. Um, but yeah, I think Ohio is one of the ones because it's been talking been talked about for a while. They were they were addressing it last year and actually getting ready to, to introduce legislation. So I feel like it's possible. Well, tell us about Minnesota here. Um, that is a, a new bill that's coming out there. I've seen a bunch of banter on the Twitter machine, people kind of trying to speculate whether this has a real chance or not. But let us know about Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota is because uh, we actually had a press conference. The sports betting bill itself has a logo, which I'm excited about. It's the Safe and Regulated Sports Gambling Act of 2019. So I'm, I'm excited when I see a logo for a sports betting <laughs> bill. Um, other than that, it's, again, who knows, uh, the representative, Pat Garofalo, who introduced the bill and has been uh, he's been actually a, a proponent of daily fantasy sports as well for a while. He called the bill a little bit, bit ago before he even introduced it. And underdogs passed this year. Tribes uh, are, are pretty much how it would happen in Minnesota, and they do not seem to be really on board with the bill or 
being super excited about it, even though they're really the only ones who'd be allowed to do sports betting under the bill. So again, put it in the, you know, uh, I don't know, toss up, probably less than a toss up, but there's a, like, there's at least a real push. And when you put a, putting a press release, uh, uh, you know, have an actual press conference with cameras there, it probably just gets a little bit more attention than it would otherwise. Now, when you talk about how some of these people aren't as excited as others, do you think, it, I, I understand I'm asking you to speculate here, but do you think that maybe they just kind of look at the overall numbers here and look at the overall revenue? And obviously we know that casino generates just, just so, so much more revenue for these casinos and whatnot. So do you think that they just look at it and say it, it's not worth the headache? I think some people do, but I don't. I think that's a not an, an informed take, especially. I mean, you know, tribes especially they have, they they usually have monopolies or a really good place in in sports betting or in, in casino gaming in any state. So they they're hesitant to give it up, and I understand that. But they also see sports betting. People have been hammering over their over the head that it's a small margin product product that they don't really want to get into it. And I think that's short sighted. I think it's you know it's uh, we we see a drive. Uh, incremental traffic just to the casinos themselves. If you're doing it right and you're doing it well online, you're going to get a lot of revenue. Like we'll talk about New Jersey down uh, later in the podcast. So I, I, I do think there's some of that, but I don't think that's uh, I don't think it's a great take if you're uh, either a state or uh, or an op or a casino operator to say, oh, there's not much in this for us. I think there's a lot in it for for a lot of people. And Eric, let's talk about the great state of Maryland. The great state. Yes, they have. Maryland's one of those states where gambling expansion requires a voter referendum. Uh, but lawmakers are trying to bypass that using the lottery as the vehicle to operate sports betting. That would be similar to what we see in Rhode Island and Delaware. Uh, they would give licenses to the six horse racing tracks and the VLT operators in the state. I'm not positive, but I believe that's the six casinos. I, I haven't dug into this bill, but I think that includes the commercial casinos as well. Uh, it would be an 80-20 split for the operators. That was That's drafted wrong in the bill. It's drafted backwards, but it will be 20% for the state. Um, even without a referendum, we're probably looking at, at next year before we could see a product. The lottery would still need to get a supplier. But the folks seem to be on board. The Senate president says he supports an effort to do this. So, yeah, again, same as Ohio. We will see what happens this year. You are our guy that tracks each and every it's one my- of these bills. What number are we up to and how many different states it's my whole life here buddy Uh, you'll see another uh you'll see another legislative recap on legal sports report later this week i think it's 29 states now we had two new additions this week minnesota's one and god if i can remember the other one i I can't even remember off the top of my head but yeah i think it's upwards of 80 bills in 29 states by my count 80 bills in 29 states except dustin they are trying to shut one of our states down what's going on in new mexico yeah, they're actually trying to. Well, they're kind of trying to, trying to shut it down. They're trying. There's a bill that would ban the lottery from doing sports betting. The lottery in New Mexico and and in a lot of states really are look is looking at sports betting as a way to create more revenue because that's what lotteries are in the business of doing. So, there's actually already sports betting at one tribal casino. This bill would not affect that, uh, to my knowledge. It would just limit whether the lottery could do it. But it is it is kind of wild as we look at those 80 some bills uh, and, and, and a number that's growing daily and say, Oh, well, there's here's a state that's trying to limit how much sports betting happens. That's, that's kind of a unique take in uh, 2019. Speaking of the state that got this all going for us here, New Jersey, we continue each and every month to go over these numbers and kind of, Uh, definitely pick them apart whenever they come out. The New Jersey revenue numbers did come out. There has been 
a lot of banter about these numbers on the old Twitter machine here. Dustin, what did we see come out of New Jersey this month? Yeah, yeah, we we're, we're always in for a surprise when the numbers come out for New Jersey, and this was no 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 different. Uh, 385 million in wagers uh, in January, despite the fact that there was way less volume of football to to bet on. Um, usually, when we see, I mean, we're always comparing to Nevada because that's our benchmark. We know that's the only legal U.S. market we've had to before before all this happened. And you know, the, uh, Nevada January usually sees a pretty a pretty big downtick from the th- three preceding months when there's a ton of football. So. This number is almost up to where Nevada is in a usual January. We don't have January numbers this year for Nevada, but uh, last year it was 419 million. So New Jersey's only trailing Nevada by 30 million in total amount wagered, which is it's kind of wild to think about. Even just uh, you know four years ago, this New Jersey number is bigger than what Nevada was seeing for handle in the same month. So uh, I think it's a big deal uh, in that. I think this means, you know, it might not be next month, uh, but it could be. It could be. I mean, New Jersey is going to surpass Nevada sooner rather than later for for the place where the most sports wagering happens. And most of that's because of, of all, the ability to easily sign up and, and wager online. Uh, even though you can do it in Nevada, it's just not as easy as it is in New Jersey. Now, Brett, let me ask you this question here. One of the things that stuck out to me about New Jersey in looking at these numbers was the amount that was attributed to other. And that really kind of jumped off the page to me because it actually and I I understand that we are. You know, we're slowing down whenever it when it comes to football in the month of January, certainly way fewer games to bet on and and things like that. But when we're looking at the actual numbers here, when it comes to to uh, handle, it actually exceeded football, the other. And now, you know, they only break out basketball, baseball, and then they break out parlay. I guess my question to you is, do you as as football has started to wind down, do you think that East Coast people are just looking for more things to bet on? So hockey maybe is getting a bunch more revenue. Of course, we saw golf come back. There was a big UFC event that happened in January as well. But uh, to see the other category actually overtake football in, in as far as handle is pretty crazy to me. It is crazy. I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, football still is huge in, in January. I mean, DraftKings uh, told us that the the ten most bet on games of the NFL season all happened in January. They're all playoff games. So I mean, we we expected that to be big, but yeah, for the other category to be this big, I haven't broken it down and looked at exactly where those bets are coming from and what what events they're they're coming in on. But uh, that was surprising. I I. I can't imagine hockey getting that much handle. I, w- I would think NBA would be the big winner. But, um, I mean, yeah, it is, it is, we sort of pivot away from the NFL here. People are going to be looking for stuff to bet on. And it's so accessible with these online apps in New Jersey now. So I mean, <laughs> the, more, uh, the more events, the better. So, Dustin, we're looking at $82 million for football, $135 million for basketball, uh, $66 million is broken out into the parlay category, and then $92 million broken out into the other category i mean i guess what I, I i'm not trying to put you on the spot here but just to see that number for the other is there any i mean do they do they consider in play other do they consider futures other do they consider like what all falls into this other to where this number would be so big 
my understanding is other is really just those other sports you talked about. Uh, so parlays, it, it gets a lot of things that that kind of the 60 plus million can encapsulate, you know, cross sport parlays, whatever it's uh, it's I think that's but I think it really is unless I'm misunderstanding. It is really just like tennis, golf, soccer, hockey uh, and, and, you know, mix, uh, combat sports, whatever else, anything else, darts, everything else gets thrown in there. Right. It is it is, you know, compared to what we've seen in Nevada, it's a, it is a pretty shocking number that it's that much. Um, anecdotally, we know like FanDuel has uh, streaming of the Australian Open uh, in their in their app that happened in January. So, you know, that that helps engagement and helps in play like you're watching it like, oh, fire off some bets. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. You can go on there. Yeah, you you're you're immediately confronted with uh uh, a tennis match that's going on right now involving Angelique Kerber. So, you know, they, they, if you're looking at your app all the time, it's like, oh, there's something going on. Uh, you know, you, you can throw a bet down on it. It, it. The volume still shocks me. I don't know how we're getting to that volume on on those sports unless there's something I'm missing. But, uh, yeah, I I think it, but it's definitely been bigger than Nevada. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about hockey either. I, you know, there's a ton of regional interest. You have a ton of teams around New Jersey between the, between Philly and New York. So there could just be a lot of that uh, anecdotally as well. Yeah, I think this will be something interesting for us to follow kind of as we move forward to this because that other category, that number really jumped off the page to me there. And I understand there's and more curiosity for me just on the regional bias situation, kind of like you're saying, because certainly hockey going to be more popular on the East Coast out there certainly than it is out in Nevada, that's for sure. And certainly I think that uh, soccer even and some of these other sports where they happen, you know, we're three hours behind the East Coast over here in Vegas. So uh, getting, you know, these soccer games that happen just incredibly early, sometimes, you know, the middle of the night over here for the, the West Coast are at least watchable and bettable over there on the East Coast. So, yeah, maybe some of the soccer stuff, maybe some of these uh, tennis matches matches that are happening you know in europe and different places where again it's a little easier to to consume over on the east coast than it is over here on the west coast so uh certainly something for us to follow i think this is a pretty interesting storyline as this continues to all unwrap you know with these new markets that we're getting all this new data that we never had before and we'll have an oscars will be in the, in the other two so i think there's going to be like a billion dollars in handle yes on that. yes just wellman <laughs> alone yeah yes just wellman <laughs> alone backed up the brinks truck and, and put it all down in there for sure uh, Eric, New Yorkers, you guys up there and you and your sports betting, man, what is going on with these fellows in New York? Our sport, well, we're, we, we have a law. We're about to have sports betting maybe sometime this year at the four casinos and the tribal casinos. Uh, that we wrote about a poll this week from Siena College uh, about online sports betting. They polled 778 folks in the great state of New York, and they're split right down the middle on online betting. 44-44 uh, is the split with 12 having no opinion, uh, you know, it's really close to 50-50 in most of the demographics they break down as far as age and income and things like that. Uh, that seems a little more uh, against online betting than we might seem in some other places. I'm not sure why. I can tell you that the 100% of the two New Yorkers on this podcast support online betting <laughs> in New York. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the data from, from Siena College here. I was not polled. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to say, Brett, who, who are these people that are saying no? Do you live? Who who's who are they talking to that's saying no about this, man? I don't know. I look these 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 surveys are kind of a joke to begin with because this sample accounts for a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the total New York population. Plus, the wording of the question can be misleading or confusing. But it is interesting that this particular set 
did produce these results, just comparing it to what we've seen with other surveys around the country. There was one at East Carolina University in the fall that showed 20, only 26% polled uh, were opposed to online legalized sports betting. So a large discrepancy there. So I don't really know what to take away from it. Uh, it is surprising, though, that a state like New York that has been on the more progressive side with other issues, uh, at least with this particular sample set, is, is pretty divided. Dustin, how many Oregonians out there are opposing online sports? Rate? I mean, like, are you, are you are you talking to these people? Are you stumping? I'm sm- I'm sm- are you going I'm sm- door to door? I'm smoking weed while I'm doing this podcast, man. Uh, it's legal. That's legal here. We want we we're we're libertarians. Do whatever you want. Except we're we're apparently trying to pass rent control in Oregon, which is which is wild. But um, yeah, I, this is more like I think there's still just. Uh, you know, even though we've kind of gotten over the stigma of gambling, I think there's still there is still a stigma with online gambling. You say, oh, let's have online gambling, even though you and I and everyone else knows uh, who listens to this podcast knows you can easily place bets online. Other people don't know that. And just general Joe, Sh- Joe Schmo, who's answering this poll, probably doesn't realize how much there is in, in the illegal betting already. You should uh, you, just saying, oh, no, I don't want it doesn't mean that you're actually banning it in any kind of meaningful way. So I think that stigma is still out there. I think that that kind of reflected in the poll results. Yeah, and, and, and it's very easy to paint a a worst-case scenario horrible picture whenever you talk about the online gambling. People who are opposed always, the first thing you hear is you can sit at home in your underwear and gamble away your life savings and stuff, which we all know is not true, but it is a very easy way to create some fear and things like that in people, especially people who don't really have an opinion to begin with. So if you can kind of get to those people with this worst-case scenario situation and put this thought of doom and gloom in their head, then the next thing you know... Yeah, you get people saying like, yeah, maybe this isn't such a good idea when really and truly that's not the scenario. Anyway, we know that there's betting limits and deposit limits and all the different things that go on with the safeguards that these companies are using. But they don't really fill you in on that, Dustin, do they? They just the people who are opposed just definitely just give you the surface level uh, worst case scenario. Yeah, and they're not at all acknowledging the current climate of yeah. When we all the stuff we hear about the Wire Act and the people who support uh, d- enforcing it, they don't even mention that there's illegal betting going on. They're just going after the legal stuff because they don't they see it as competitive to you know Sheldon Adelson's product and what he's what 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 they're doing in, in, in land-based casinos. It's it's a lot of, I mean, we're still, you know, it's it's hard to, hard to imagine that we're still in an education period in, in almost 2020 when the internet has been around for decades. But uh, it, yeah, it's it's hard. There's still education to be done about what's what's good and what's bad and, and what's going on in, in, in gaming and online gaming. Well, so if I click my house, or if I click my mouse, that doesn't mean I will automatically lose my house. Is it that does, what you're telling yes, me? Yes, it does. It does not. You do not click mouse, lose house. But I will tell you this, Brett and Eric both, you are now, tasked with i expect you guys to knock on at least 10 doors a week and educate people <laughs> on sports betting so that they are able to talk intelligently about it with their friends at their at dinner and having drinks and stuff so eric get I, on get on container jet and yeah. make some signs 10, 10 doors a week at least minimum yeah. Go make the rounds in Albany. I'll tell you, if anyone knows where where Assemblyman Pretlow lives, I'd love to have lunch with him and chat about this. But <laughs> he's yeah. listening. He's listening. He'll hit you up. Eric Assemblyman. Yeah, yeah. There, there he's, or underscore Ramsey, whatever it is. Eric underscore Ramsey. We still yeah. have the underscore for your for your Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know you can't get rid of him. All right, Dustin. So we talked a lot. You know, we'll talk a little bit more for sure about media and uh, sports betting here towards the end of this podcast. However. Disney, one of the giant conglomerates after they, of course, own ABC, own ESPN as well. What did they come out and say about sports betting recently? 
Yeah, so the CEO of Disney actually, you know, it's, it's wild. We have to listen to Disney earnings calls to to think see what's going on with sports betting. And it actually came up in a, an investor call, and and somebody said, "Hey, what's uh, what are you guys doing with sports betting?" And chairman and CEO of Disney said, um, uh, we, "What does he say?" He said, "Oh, we, they won't be quote unquote getting involved in the business of gambling unquote anytime soon." Which I don't know what that means, other than apparently they're not going to open a ESPN sports book because. Uh, ESPN is definitely involved in gambling. They've definitely been, you know, producing content, taking daily fantasy sports ads, uh, whatever else. They're, you know, they're involved. Uh, it's just a matter of the level. Are they? They've even, you know, I've even seen ads serve to people in New Jersey for for legal New Jersey on sport, online sports books, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know. I don't know what this means other than you know they're not going to like. Disney's not going to go buy a sports book and run it on the ESPN brand. I think that's what it means. Otherwise, I think ESP, Disney and ESPN are, are going to be just fine with with gambling and, and creating content and and you know try, trying to draw in more more viewers and eyeballs around the you know increased interest in sports betting. Yeah, I read it and took it the exact same way that you did. I mean, one of my buddies, Doug Kazarian, used to uh, work out here in Las Vegas. He took a job at ESPN, moved out there, was going to be doing a ton of NBA stuff for them. And then the sports betting stuff came around and he kind of raised his hand and volunteered to be their sports betting guy out there at ESPN. And he lives, you know, he goes into the studio and stuff in Bristol and everything has a daily pot. Well, it was daily during uh during the NFL season, but uh, has a podcast that's based totally around gambling. They sent him back out to Vegas. He spent five days out here with the guys over at Westgate and produced this big uh, doc, uh, kind of like a little behind the scenes deal for how they go about making prop bets and, and things like that. So yeah, they're certainly not shying away from gambling content by any stretch of the imagination. I just, I'm with you. I think it's just them basically saying, look, we're not going to be opening a sports book. We're not going to be, I mean, maybe that even means they're not going to be partnering with any of these, you know, major books or anything like that. But certainly they're not shying away from gambling content. Yeah. We, at one point they were kicking tires on, you know, uh, being an investor in DraftKings. So, uh, yeah, I think it's not like ridiculous to think they would have done that. But, you know, Disney is also, you know, we haven't even gotten to this. Disney has also been traditionally pretty anti-gambling with the family brand and and all that. And they're actually behind a push to try to stop, uh, you know, expanded sports betting gambling in Florida as well. So it's it's uh, it's I mean, they, they, they have you know, kind of two masters. They have the, they have the ESPN segment, which is a, a big segment of what they do. And they, they obviously want to benefit from sports betting, but they also have the overarching brand and they just, they're, they're, it, it, yeah, it's hard to see Disney saying, oh yeah, we're all in on sports betting. We're going to go buy Skybed or DraftKings or whatever. It's, it, it, that seems like, that seemed like an uh, unlikely scenario even before this, these uh, words from uh, during the earnings call. Do they have, do they have carnival games at Disney? I can't remember. Do they have carnival games? I haven't been. I mean, I lived in Florida when I was a kid. I don't know. There must be games of Eric, some sort, Eric, right? Are there, are there carnival games? What? I mean, I like I've been to Disney recently. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, though. Probably. Right. Because, I mean, that is gambling. When I give that guy ten dollars <laughs> and have to throw those little red rings around the uh, around the rim of a beer bottle, that is gambling. I mean, okay, here, here, this this is my wild story. So I was in Germany in the fall and went to a carnival in the fall, just like a, a you know medium sized town in Germany. And like all of the those kind of games were ring toss and shooting. They all have like some kind of Las Vegas theme. It's like I think there were three <laughs> of them that we saw. It's like 
oh, Las Vegas, and has like picture of the strip, and it's like, yeah, you're you're basically paying to try to win a prize, and it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's weird. It's kind of wild that I don't think we see that in U.S. carnivals. I don't go to tons of carnivals, but I think like that's in Germany. It's like, oh, here, come play like you're in Las Vegas. That's that's kind of it was just funny and interesting to me. I was at Disney a few years ago, and they 100% had Animal Kingdom carnival games. They see this is this is that is gambling. They are taking our money on things that are not very high that are not very high probability. <laughs> that is that is gambling for sure. You are never going to get the softball to stay in that like peach bucket or whatever that they have. Like I mean, that is impossible to throw the softball and make it stay in that like wicker basket that they have on the deal. I, I mean, uh, but the, but the horse racing game where you throw the golf balls that's that's a game of skill. I love that. It thing. is that is actually that is actually a game of skill. And I guess throwing the dark at balloons and popping those or whatever but there there are some like throwing the little red rings around the beer bottle necks like that that's just that's just gambling eric i'm telling you that's gambling i do the i stick to the one where you pick up the duck and read the number off the bottom oh that's, yeah, yeah that's yeah, my yeah. gambling and game. then that, and then you get whatever the course yeah that's that's yeah. a good one that's a good one to do as well the um of course the basketball rims are certainly slanted and like warped and whatever so you're you're don't have a very good shot of making those and I don't know if I've ever seen anyone actually climb one of those uh, like rope ladders. Have you, ever, you know where you have to like keep your balance and like you're supposed to make it to the top and climb like this little like rope ladder thing. Is any, y'all y'all with me on that? Yeah, no, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know if I've ever seen. I feel anyone like we need to, to do a story of like what what sharps play at carnivals and yeah, you want to like, see a few. Uh, you want to see a few thousand dollars change hands? Go to a carnival with a bunch of sports bettors or poker players and see what see what happens. Guys, this is I think we're in on this. I think we're on to something. Hey, don't steal our idea, Disney. This is this is our this trademark, registered trademark here. We're gonna turn this into programming for sure. All right. Uh MGM is certainly somebody that has made a ton of waves in this new sports betting landscape. Of course, they are up and running in not only Nevada, but they have places in Mississippi and New Jersey as well. We saw a bunch of partnerships with the leagues and everything like that. They had an earnings call yesterday, Dustin, and they're uh, they're basically were asked about something that we'll we'll talk about a little later in the show with with what Caesars did and uh, basically went ahead and said that they are that they're interested in doing some content as well. But he was specifically asked about the Wire Act, and the Wire Act is something that we've beat over the head on this podcast here. But this was a very direct and a very pointed statement from Jim Murin. Yeah, so uh, Wire Act, just catch up in case you're living in a, under a rock and haven't been following it. Uh, basically, the Department of Justice said uh, the Wire Act, which applies to illegal interstate sports betting, applies to all forms of gaming. And uh, it was really interesting uh, that uh, yeah, Jim Murren said, uh, if you read the read the opinion, if you read it, he said, read it as words, it would mean that Powerballs exist in 44 states in the United States isn't legal anymore. We th- it's just, we think, a, an absurdly poorly written and unenforceable opinion. He's, uh, he did not mince words at all about the opinion from the DOJ, which uh, we've, yeah, we've, we've been writing about a lot over it, online poker report, legal sports report. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, it, it goes to my point that, you know, it creates uncertainty. Like exactly. He's exactly right. If you read it, you are like, okay, anything that's an interstate, inter- interstate gaming product at all is illegal. Uh, and I agree that it's probably unenforceable if you're actually trying to shut down the Powerball. Um, if you're the DOJ, I think you're in for a world of hurt because that's not going to happen. You're going to, people are, people are going to scream bloody murder. Uh, you're, you're just taking money out of, you know, a ton of state programs, um, and yeah, he, he also said it's not slowing MGM down. MGM has online casino in New Jersey, online sports betting in both 
uh, New Jersey and Nevada, and we'll continue to expand into it. And he's like, he's basically said, yeah, this is, this is uh, paraphrasing. This is a dumb opinion. We're just going to keep plowing ahead. Now, Eric, it's basically on a daily basis that we're getting either a new opinion, a new opinion from either a law expert or some gaming person or some state that continues to come out. I mean, since this since this whole thing went down with the Wire Act, I don't know if the gaming industry has been as on one side of something as is as this whole opinion than we've ever seen since we've been covering this. Yeah. And again, you know, Murrin mentioning the lottery, most of the pushback has come from the lottery. It's it's the most widespread gambling product in the United States. It's something 40, 44 states have Powerball. There's it's a tens of billions of dollars in revenue generator for for states across the country. So you're seeing we had a, a group representing all lottery states uh, submit a letter. We had uh, Doug Collins from Georgia talking about protecting the Georgia lottery. And yeah, Mearns seems his his uh, his reading of the opinion seems to fall in line with the the experts we've spoken to and interviewed about how about this doesn't really have very good legal legal grounds for for this new opinion here. This would be I weirdly say that it would be almost the best case scenario for our cause would be for them to try and shut down the lottery, because that would be just a full on onslaught against every. I think there would be some real, real change happen if they tried to mess with the lottery, not only just from the state's aspect, Dustin, but just the people who enjoy playing the lottery. There are people I know that. Uh, even my friends who, yeah, it's only five bucks, but they would like buy $5 worth of lottery tickets for every single drawing and have for like the last 15 years just for that like dollar in a dream scenario. I think you would not only get, you know, this massive wave coming from just the states and the lotteries themselves, but from actual people and constituents and, and things like that. Yeah, you're not. And again, this all comes down to enforcement and what the DOJ actually does with his opinion. There's a lot of people who think they're not going to do anything with it. That is just it was, again, to 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 placate Uncle Shelley to get to get his pet project done and and go from there. It, it, you're not you're not shutting down lotteries. You're it's like the, the, that's like but you, you, you can't also be the DOJ and it's like, oh, we're going to pick some of these lottery this like online product and say it's different from how lottery exists everywhere else. We also had a story at Online Poker Report about how this could affect online horse racing. Like you want to you want to rile up somebody else do that. Like it's that's right. uh, like it's legal in 30 plus states as well. So you can't uh, it's it's really DOJ's put itself in a hard spot if it actually tries to enforce this because you're trying like, OK, you parse X, Y and Z. And so why is why is this other product that is also functioning on an interstate basis? How is that OK? And this other thing isn't OK. It's it, it's like 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 Jim said, it is entirely unenforceable. If you guys are like me, you are glued to the television on fr- on Saturday and Sunday watching the debut of the AAF. If you are not aware of the AAF, it is a new football league. It is comprised of eight teams across the country. These teams are basically filled with guys that you have at least maybe heard of if you are an, a big-time NFL fan. Over 80% of the people that are on these eight teams have been on an NFL roster sometime in the last 18 months. So this is a bunch of guys that were either made a roster, got cut during the season, were kind of the last guys to get cut, were on a practice squad, whatever it might be. So these are certainly some recognizable names that we uh, have seen. Christian Hackenberg, of course, one of the one of the quarterbacks in the league. You've got Trent Richardson, one of the running backs in the league. So certainly some some name value there, Brett. 
I know the ratings, whenever we saw the ratings come out, that they were actually pretty pleased with how that turned out, considering it was an opening weekend and certainly a product that people weren't conditioned to watch. Uh, the ratings seemed to be pretty good. But how did AAF go overall from a sports betting perspective? Well, I think I feel like a lot of operators are still missing an opportunity here, um, especially I mean, even on the DFS side, too. I mean, you can run a full weekend slate and I think you'd be able to offer contests that are bigger than college basketball and esports. Uh, people were obviously intrigued by this. The ratings were big. I mean, the the opening night had a 2.1 overnight rating that's higher than the Rockets Thunder game that was airing at the same time. So, uh, yeah, people were intrigued, even if they were just fumbling through channels on Saturday and had never heard of the AAF. They were checking it out because it's football and it's on the week after the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know what like uh, handle numbers were in Vegas because there were a couple books that were offering odds on the AAF opening weekend. But uh, I feel like New Jersey, where there were no odds being offered, uh, missed an opportunity. So, guys, let's talk about this as just kind of an overall betting product here. I mean, we know people love football. We've seen the numbers with the NFL. Now, this product, they are basically they basically invented this product to try to be more consume, like uh, make it easier to consume and be more viewer friendly. The games are supposed to be much faster. And from what we've seen, just anecdotally, of course, we're only four games into the season, but the games are shorter exponentially than NFL games. We have shorter play clocks. We have fewer reviews. We have no kickoffs, like all the different things like that that can speed things up here. Um, whenever from a viewer perspective and of course they we know that this league Dustin actually conferred with bookmakers and things like that to ask those guys what can we do to make this a more betting friendly product I think that there is probably room in this market of course we just talk about the other category that we saw coming out of New Jersey here so people are certainly looking for other things to bet on uh, outside of just the traditional leagues here, I think that there is a decent chance that this AAF, from a gambling standpoint, could could, could do pretty well. Yeah, there's at least a chance, uh, and yeah, people if people are going to watch it, you know, if there's millions of people watching it, there's obviously some amount of those people in in legal jurisdictions. Uh, so yeah, I think there's an absolutely a chance. Uh, and like we know, people, it's the most bet on sport in the United States. So um, I think our friend David Purdom over at ESPN said it was actually this is the one anecdote I saw that handle for the Pro Bowl was five times the handle on AF games. So that's kind of interesting um, in that it, that they're actually trying to get. Uh, you know, uh, people to bet on it and the Pro Bowl, which is just an absolute crapshoot as far as betting. Like, I, I don't know if I, maybe you think you're a sharp at betting on the Pro Bowl, Matt, but I don't think that's a particularly uh, a skillful a product to bet on. But um, yeah, I agree. It's uh, you know, if they if they're trying to make it easier for in play and all that, um, yeah, great. I, I am curious. I, I haven't talked to operators about why in New Jersey why they haven't, or maybe regulator regulators just didn't give approval. But based on everything else we've seen, you got an approval. I guess I would say, like, and I'm not sure why you wouldn't have like low limit betting allowed in, on the AAF. Eric, did you take in the AAF? Were you able to? I mean, we had four different games, so I mean, you had four different opportunities to take in this product. Hell yeah, I took in the <laughs> AAF. You kidding me right now? It's not even. It's not football season, and I can watch uh, some semi professional football. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, same impressions as you guys. I I enjoyed it. We haven't talked about the uh, the player tracking that they're using. They sort of have. 
embedded chips into all the players and they're broadcasting a real-time graphical feed of the movements. Um, I think that's getting a little overhyped. It's cool, but I don't see it as the future of betting. I also love the Sky Judge. I think that is fantastic. I love the way the NHL officiates their replays, and I think the AAF going a step further and bringing us right into the replay booth is awesome. I love that from a transparency uh, is, point of view. Is the AAF better or worse than Syracuse football? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Uh, the skill level was pretty comparable. I, I will say the, the skill wasn't the greatest on display, but, but man, it was exciting. I, had, I, I will have no problem uh, watching that every now and then. Yeah, it was a... It was a product here where I think that they will continue to make tweaks and continue to make it more kind of like you said, Eric, this this the, the transparency was awesome. But I think that they are really, really going after trying to make the viewing experience different from what you get with the NFL product and make you feel like that you are watching something that although it fundamentally it is the same game that it is, uh, you know, a, a almost like a different sport, if you will, just from the way that they're going about things i certainly know and and brett you and i have talked about this offline a little bit we certainly know that the nfl is taking note of things that they are doing here in the aaf because they're even trying to look at some of the things that might come down the pike from from a gambling perspective as well yeah and they should i mean if you strip this down to format and the rules of the game nearly everything i saw with the aaf last weekend is better than the nfl i really appreciated all the adjustments they made with the game and you know the broadcast was better the i mean the sky judge is is fantastic it just it just flows better and yeah the nfl should be taking note not only with the betting side of it but just the game itself it they let him hit the quarterbacks too. Yeah, yeah, that was also nice. <laughs> they did, they did. They let him hit the quarterback. That was great. Uh, as we roll on into the sports calendar here, of course, we will have tons of content over at the lines and play picks and whatnot about, uh, of course, March Madness and the Masters and things that go on. But the NBA All Star Weekend is here, Brett. This is typically a dead period in the sports calendar, but. We do have things that we are able to get down action on from the NBA All-Star Weekend. Well, thankfully, we do have AAF, too, this weekend yes. because the NBA is on break. But if you are into the All-Star Weekend, you can bet on the festivities if you are in New Jersey. Uh, most of the books are offering odds on the All-Star Game and the Rising Stars Game. And some of the books are even offering odds on the three-point contest and skills challenge. So you can have action all weekend long. Uh, originally, we saw DraftKings uh, post odds in the slam dunk contest, but those have been taken down. We're waiting on comment from them on that. So look for a story uh, at the lines this week. Maybe we'll see those pop back up. Maybe we won't. But regardless, you can wager on most of the events at the in Charlotte at the NBA All-Star Game, uh, the Saturday night uh, skills contest, and then, of course, the game on Sunday along with the MVP of both games if you want to get down on that. Dustin, this is something that we had talked about on the pod, and it was something that all three of us, we have our own little, uh, all four of us have our own little Slack channel, and we kind of talk about some of these micro things that happen within the industry and how we feel about them. And certainly the slam dunk competition was one of the things that we have talked about, and I think that DraftKings pulling that down has maybe a lot to do with kind of just the stuff that we are talking about about this whole deal. When you have a subjective category where real money is changing hands on, 
you know, what these guys who, you know, we've seen in the past who these judges don't necessarily take this all that seriously. And so it's not even from a, like an Olympic standpoint where, you know, we, we, you can't get money down on figure skating and certain, certain uh, sports where, or events where, you know, the, the judging is subjective. I mean, certainly from a slam dunk competition, we, you know, we brought up like a, a terrible scenario, but I think it's very real where some of these judges could basically take it as a complete joke. And even from a betting perspective, we might hear them bring up the fact that like, yeah, I didn't want to give that guy a six because that would have made him win. And then people would have won money on that guy or something. So I, I look at this from what DraftKings is doing and maybe they're kind of reevaluating just that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, the other other stuff on the weekend, uh, three-point contest, uh, skills challenges have, like, real real results tied to them. It's like, you're, yeah, if you're having some you know, guys who are not – I mean, they kind of take the slam dunk judging seriously, but kind of not. It's kind of just like uh, – you know, usually the best – whoever had the best dunk probably wins. But, like, yeah, I, I just don't see – why we need to get into it uh it's just it's 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 squishy on the judging it's squishy on whether it's a, a good thing to to book uh I'll, i mean it doesn't mean DraftKings isn't going to bring it back i mean i think everybody would love to i think they'll probably if they can book it they'll they'll book it but um i agree that we it does like a lot like some of the stuff that's kind of on the on the fringe i don't think we need it of course that said, we are all behind Oscars betting, and we have yes. a massive amount of content <laughs> at all of our sites for Oscars betting, so be sure and do that. Shot an entire video series with our resident expert, Jess Wellman, so those will be popping up across our sites as well, so be sure and take in all of those for your Oscars needs, and you'll be able to get down what we were able to get down at least five dollars on some of these, right, Dustin? Like some of these. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, there's going to be some odds boosts and things like that. You're going to yeah. be able to get a little bit more money out of it. Uh, Roma is now a, pro, a pretty prohibitive favorite uh, over the field, pretty much everywhere now. Um, so you want to get your money down. Uh, I think Jess is still touting Black Panther uh, if you're interested in betting. Guys, right now, let's take a break here. We're going to sit down with FanDuel's Nick Bonadio and talk a little bit about what they have going on. I'm sure some Oscars talk will get going in there as well. Right now, let's talk to FanDuel's Nick Bonadio. We are here with Nick Bonadio, Chief Product Officer at FanDuel and a very busy man over at FanDuel Sportsbook. We're fresh off the Super Bowl Quickly moving on to several more bidding, big betting events over the next couple of months. We've got the Oscars, March Madness, MLB season starts next month. Uh, next month, with, I know Dustin and I are very excited about. Uh, definitely want to touch on a couple of those today and find out what FanDuel has planned. But first, uh, a quick recap of the Super Bowl. It was your first run at a betting market for the biggest event of the year. How did things go from the product side were you able to offer everything you wanted to and what were your big takeaways from year one of Super Bowl betting in New Jersey yeah I mean the Super Bowl was great uh, I think we had some pretty lofty expectations and I think you know, we even exceeded those um, you know, it's kind of a bummer the game wasn't more exciting I think maybe if the game was more exciting we would have done maybe even better but you know our goal was to go out there with um, you know as, as many different offerings as possible get a nice broad set of markets um, you know, we went out there with 533 different prop bets. You know, we, our, our goal was to really use some of the operational capabilities that Patty Power has, combine it with some of the, um, you know, the uniqueness of a property like number fire and, and kind of bring the widest amount of uh, markets possible, <clears throat> um, excuse me, uh, to our users. So uh, from that perspective, it really went well. Um, you know, 
from a financial perspective, you know, like obviously I think like a lot of other providers, um, we saw a lot of money on the Patriots. I think by, by kickoff, we were close to 75% Patriots. So, you know, from a user's perspective, you know, they had a great Super Bowl. I think we, you know, they, they won about $5 million or so. Um, you know, I, we're obviously happy with our users win. Um, and, you know, a, a good experience is, is good for everyone in the long-term sense. Um, and so, yeah, the Patriots winning certainly worked out for them. Um, one thing I do know is you know, we went with a pretty generous offer. You know, uh, we went for anyone who signed up as a new user, uh, we had a 53 to one um, odds for anyone who put down a $5 bet. So you know, regardless of whether the Rams won or the Patriots won, you know, um, if you took a side, you had a 53 to one odd. Uh, that was sort of a a interesting promotion that, that that we went out with and had some pretty good results. So yeah, I know mean, all in all across um, the sports book and certainly also DFS, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good Super Bowl. Um, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to uh, the rest of the year. It's always good to have kind of the first marquee event go as well as the Super Bowl. Did. On all the, on all the prop betting, I'm just curious, like how long before the Super Bowl, did you know you'd kind of be able to offer all those markets? That's the, we, we obviously come from the experience of, sure. of Nevada where they don't have all these markets. Uh, and, and then obviously you guys and, and a lot of the other operators were able to, how much, how much kind of run up did you know that you could do this? And then uh, did you, I mean, just, did you know right away that you'd be able to sure. do this? Yeah, you know, it was always our plan to, you know, to kind of uh, shock and awe a little bit around the prop bets. You know, I think one of the things that we hang our hat on is Patty Power um, is, you know, from an operational perspective, their risk and trading team, um, you know, on the back end, they're very, very good. And I think if you look at FanDuel specifically, you know, coming from a fantasy background, a DFS background, if you think about player props, those map so well to, to fantasy. And so, you know, when you think about how um, a decision you might make around fantasy sports, you know, do I start player X, do I start player Y? You're thinking about how many touchdowns they might score, how many yards they might put up. Those are exactly equivalent to player props. And so that's an area I think that is underserved. And I think that's an area between Patty Power's operational capability, some of the other inputs coming from, you know, FanDuel or NumberFire um, is an area in which we could really expand. And so I think uh, it was definitely part of our plan to do that. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see it took off the way it did. Even leading up to the Super Bowl, I mean, January, we just got the, the handle numbers for New Jersey. Uh, it was a, another record month for sports betting. Uh, we talked earlier on the podcast about the huge amount of betting in the other category made up of non-football and basketball bets. Where are you guys seeing a lot of action in yeah. some of these smaller sports and leagues? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's pretty broad so like you know it's not as if we see one sport which is you know, overwhelmingly running away with it one area i think that i've been pleasantly surprised is around tennis um i think you know we went um and we acquired some streaming rights to the australian open so i think you know having that live in-game betting tied to an ott stream is very valuable but around a sport like tennis you know it's also an inventory game you know there's so many different tennis matches that are going on around the world, not just the Australian Open, but there's challengers and there's qualifiers and there's, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think tennis has been an area that's surprising, but, you know, I, I think, you know, from what I've seen, all the sports are kind of really, you know, ahead of where we thought. I think, you know, New Jersey, there's just been so much interest and, uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of pent up demand for, you know, a, a legalized product 
Um, certainly one that's that's tied to a brand which has the strength of a FanDuel. Um, and so it, it's been outperforming just across the board, but one sport I think in particular would be tennis. What about, uh, also, we got to get into the Oscars because I know over on our side, we're excited. How excited are you? I mean, the social media team is constantly pushing it over there at FanDuel. I, say, I know uh, Patty Powers obviously booked this in the past. Uh, obviously, maybe just a niche little product, but it's still cool that you guys can just even do this. Yeah, you know, I think we're really excited about it. You know, obviously the social team, it's a, it's a great angle to go out and talk to people. Yeah, you know, I think we're always careful to, you know, make sure that our product is reaching as wide an audience as possible. Um, you guys might remember on the DFS side in the past year, and we built out a free-to-play bingo game. We did March Madness. We did uh, World Cup. We built Pick'em and Survivor. You know, we don't want to necessarily be the product that is as seen as going after the whales, going after the HVPs. I think we're trying to expand our horizons and make sure that, you know, as a market leader, we're doing as much for the fans, both on and off the field. And so, you know, Oscars make a lot of sense. Certainly, you know, I think whenever the nominations come out, you hear people talking about who their, um, who their favorites are, who might win. Uh, best picture of this or that. Um, and so I think that, you know, th this allows us to get at a slightly different demographic and, um, and have some fun with it. And so, yeah, it's something we're very excited about. How much interest have you seen in the market so far? I know you guys are offering more in terms of uh, categories than, sure. than some of the other operators in New Jersey. Are you seeing a lot of interest? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know the numbers you know, offhand, you know, um, but yeah, I think, you know, so far we've been pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it does sort of help that a lot of the categories, and, and I'm not an Oscars expert by any means, um, are relatively competitive. It's not as if there's like one movie that everyone thinks is going to win. That's a sort of an obvious winner. Um, when you have competition, um, I think it definitely helps. I also think that, you know, this is an area where there was a lot of, of offline gambling. And, you know, I think now we're just kind of taking digital and, and, and taking a behavior that already existed and making it kind of safe and kind of fun. So, um, yeah, like we've been surprised. And while I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, I think it's, it's outperforming our expectations by a pretty decent amount. And you'll see a lot more volume in the next week, of course, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it does help that, you know, there's a correlation that happens like when, when articles are written by, you know, other, other parties or there's podcasts and people talking about it, you know, there's a nice ancillary market that, that spins up. Um, once people know that, that lines are available, markets are available, people start writing articles and podcasts like this, you know, it, it's great that there's been such a cottage industry of, of ancillary content that's spun up, you know, that's, that, that's very beneficial to us. So as we record this, we're about a month out, I think, from the, the start of March Madness. Can you tease us anything about your plans there, uh, any kind of bracket contests, things like that? Yeah. So um, you know, just like last year when we ran a, a, a bracket contest on a free-to-play, we're running a free-to-play game for a huge cash prize as well. So we definitely have a, a traditional bracket game. Um, we wanted to make it free-to-play, um, so uh, free to enter. Um, it's going to be available to anyone. Um, I think it's going to be available regardless whether you're in New Jersey or not. Um, I will have to check on that one, but um, we're definitely having a March Madness game. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity to expose the sports book to people um, who may be, you know, sort of reticent to kind of dive right in. I think March Madness is a good entry point. 
Um, in addition to the traditional bracket game, you know, we'll obviously have bets across all the March Madness games. Um, we're definitely, just like the Super Bowl, going to be leaning in pretty hard to different kinds of props, um, different kinds of exotic combinations, um, you know, things like that. So uh, there's going to be a lot of different things we'll have. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we know from from just being sports fans, like the Thursday and Friday, the first two days of March Madness are like, like Christmas. It's like the best days for sports fans. Um, and like, we're definitely excited about it. And I think we're going to come up with some pretty, pretty cool stuff for people to do. Uh, last one, I'm going to let you go, Nick. Uh, I know a lot of people, our readers and fans of Vandal are interested in a Pennsylvania launch. Do you have any insight onto when and how that'll happen? Uh, I know you have to deal with Valley Forge, uh, yep. either both a retail book and online. Yeah, I mean, look, like uh, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. So if anyone understands <laughs> Pennsylvania and is excited about it, it's me. I think anyone who grew up in Pittsburgh, grew up in a Philadelphia went to Penn state, hung out in state college knows that Pennsylvania is like a sports crazy state for so as excited as we are about New Jersey, I mean, Pennsylvania, you know, that's just, you know, like the, just awesome. So we're, we're super excited. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're partnered with Valley Forge and, and Boyd to, to get into Pennsylvania. They've been great partners. Um, I think a lot of the same um, roadmap that you know, we set up in New Jersey, we're trying to do in Pennsylvania. Obviously, regulations are different here or there. Um, we're definitely trying as fast as we can because then we realize how great of a market Pennsylvania is. So, you know, I don't have exact dates, but it's coming as soon as we can. And, you know, I, I can't oversell my excitement, not just as sort of like a, a fan employee, but, um, you know, like as a, as a Yinzer, as a, as a Pittsburgh sports fan, it'd be, you know, it, it's nice to think of my friends and my family being able to use our product that on a personal level is pretty exciting. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited and, and let it be known. We're, we're trying as hard as we can to, to speed it up. I'm Pennsylvania too, uh, but an Eagles fan grew up in the other <laughs> part of the state, but I'll, I'll let you have it. Uh, Steelers aren't winning anything anytime soon. Suck. Um, Not with Antonio Brown going. So yeah, like I, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in the in the Penguins basket because Pirates aren't happening, Pitts not happening, Steelers aren't happening. So it's kind of the Penguins are bust right now for me. I also Brett and I are both Phillies fans. Let's let's say uh, Bryce Harper gets signed today. What uh, kind of odds would we get on the on the Phillies to win the World Series? Oh, I don't know. Um, I haven't checked. Um, I think we also we may have a prop on where he's going to go. Uh, I, I I haven't checked that, but um, yeah. I mean, if 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 they get Bryce, uh, I mean he's from the New Jersey side, right? So that'd be a hometown play, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I mean, that must be like a, just completely off the cuff. Like I put that at like a five to six to one, if you got them, I mean, you know, how often does a player that has like a, a 10 or 15 WAR come online? Like, I think it's kind of crazy. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, but, uh, I have a lot of, uh, people on my team who are Phillies fans, a lot of mainliners, um, and they're excited for it too. So I, I'm, you know, and the Phillies and pirates aren't, aren't huge rivals. So I, I'm, I'm happy for them. So if it happens, I'd be excited. All right. Well, thank you for indulging our, our Philadelphia sports interest. <laughs> thank you for your time and enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, thank you for all the work you do for the industry. It's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, you guys were on this beat before it was, it was, it was popular and, and before it was blowing up. So I, I'm happy for you that it's, it's, it's now legalized and there's a lot for you guys to talk about. Absolutely. 
hope to, hope to have you guys on again soon. Thanks. Thanks. A uh, special thank to Nick Bonadio for sitting down with us and talking about all things that are going on over there in FanDuel. Of course, Dustin, we one of the things that we bring up whenever we look at these New Jersey numbers here is the fact that DraftKings and FanDuel just continue to have a chokehold on the majority of the money that's changing hands over there in New Jersey. And I know you have said on several occasions that while we understand that they got a head start on some of these established brick and mortar casino companies, just the fact that they've really run away with this is still kind of shocking to you. Yeah. And people kind of downplay it, but you like, you also, we have MGM, which we obviously talked about huge gaming company. Borgata owns something like a third of casino share in Atlantic city. Absolutely massive brand as well. An online casino. Um, it's, it's, it's wild that DraftKings and FanDuel each are doing something like 10x of what of what MGM is doing in sports betting. That's crazy to me that you know these are companies that a year ago, if we were talking about them, had no sports betting. Uh, FanDuel was taken over by Patty Power Betfair. DraftKings was still only a daily fantasy sports company, um, had been preparing for sports betting, but was not yet one. And th- they are absolutely crushing, you know, MGM, Caesars, uh, you know. Um, Stars Group. I mean, all these companies that like have are have massive footprints have been doing this for a while, and they're just cleaning everybody's clocks. And still, it's it's an it's an amazing thing. It may not end up being that way three to five years down the road, but right now, it's I think it's still pretty shocking to see. Brett, you and I, you know, we we see all of the promos that come through. Of course, we've got the apps. We are on email lists. We're on whatever. And I think one of the things, and yeah, I mean, I guess maybe to some people it could be, it could be considered a lot of marketing that's going on with DraftKings and FanDuel, but I think that you can contribute a lot of their success as well for the fact that they are really and truly trying to find a way each and every day to get you to place a bet. I mean, they will, uh, on whatever it might be, it's a, you know, place this bet, get this free bet. Place this bet, if you lose, get money back. Here's here's an odds boost for this, that, and the other. I mean, it's, it's aggressive marketing, and I guess maybe if you're one of those people that gets annoyed by push notifications or gets annoyed by a daily email that's coming into your inbox, but, I mean, we're getting that from DraftKings and FanDuel on a daily basis, and I can certainly see where it could entice some people who are kind of on the fence about, whether they wanted to place a wager that night or not is why they're, they're doing so well. Yeah, they are the best at customer acquisition and customer retention. They're always in your face. Uh, whether you want to place a bet or not, you're going to know uh, with these push notifications where you can get uh, an odds boost, which have been, I mean, there, there really is no better uh, marketing tool, I think, right now than these push notifications with the odds, odds boost because it's, it's value. I mean, sports bettors are looking for value. They're going to click on it and see what's available that night. And I think, um, you know, I, I get them here in New York and I, I click on them just to see what's what's being offered. I think it's it's a great tool. And, uh, you know, these sites are, are doing a much better job than some of these casino companies. Eric, I know that you've very recently made several trips down into New York City. We've we've, of course, um, been down to Atlantic City several different times. Just curious from a New York perspective, especially whenever you kind of get into the city and whatnot, how often do you see, you know, let's call it billboards or ads, or how often do you hear radio promos and things for for the various casinos? I mean, of course, FanDuel and DraftKings in particular, but do you ever hear anything from, you know, from Caesars? Do you ever hear anything from MGM? Do you ever see any of that stuff? 
Not terribly often. Uh, some little hints of it, though. I know the one of the Fox affiliates here in uh, Syracuse recently just picked up a sports betting program out of Vegas. Uh, I think it's every day or four times a week or something like that. So we're starting to get a little bit of content on the airwaves. Uh, still no billboards around up here. You'll start to see those more as you go to New Jersey. But I mean, I assume folks, anyone listening from the UK is probably laughing at us talking about being bombarded with with promos and notifications and stuff like that, because, you know, it's something that that bookmakers in the UK have gotten exceptionally good at with their advertising. So I, I expect this is just the beginning of what we'll see from the uh, the promotional efforts from these guys. There is a new documentary series on Showtime that is coming out. It is a series about sports betting here. It is something they've released a trailer you can go and take a look at. But there is uh, not met very well from the sports betting community so far. Um, this was something that I talked to a couple different people about. Didn't seem like it was something that I was necessarily going to be uh, interested in. It seemed like that there was more of the kind of let's just really show this, you know, this uh, this weird side of sports betting. I mean, you can see when they're even in the trailer, they featured this guy, Vegas Dave, and, you know, all of these things like that where, um, you know, guys in th that are kind of in the know within the industry are like, man, that guy is like a, you know, these guys are jokes. These people are jokes. And I think that this is a, one of the things, Dustin, I think we're probably going to see happen as well. I think certainly leading into football season 2019, now that we have kind of a season under our belt, is people trying to get into the content part of this sports betting thing without really you know showing what it's really all about and trying to make it into this crazy elaborate glamorous like all oh, these people bet so much money and make so much money thing and i don't know i think for me it's, it just kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth yeah and we're and granted we're talking about this without knowing what the entire thing looks like we just have a trailer but i i agree that there's going to be a lot of just exaggeration that's it, it's coming it's already i mean it's already to some extent been in place but it's it's going to get worse and it's unfortunate but it's uh, you know when something like this that's new and and people are parachuting in and want to you know grab eyeballs grab attention you're gonna you're gonna go over the top instead of just doing you know mediocre so I, i'm 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 at least hopeful this isn't as bad as we we think it's going to be that it's going to be Kind of not not glamorizing, just but making making it look like make the sports betting industry look like it's something that it's not. Like most of the people who bet on sports are like like well, I mean Matt's a high roller, but the rest of us are just kind of you know throw a little bit of money down on games and and have fun with it. It's not this whole world that they're going to try to describe. I don't think is is really the like it's not most of what the sports betting industry and sports betters are. Yeah, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people are casual betters, and so like I just that's that's the thing that kind of bothers me here. I think it's going to be very filled with a bunch of touts and guys who are talking about you know their the rec records over the years and how much money they make, and, and you know and we know that all this is just kind of a fraud. So uh, hopefully Showtime, def uh, hopefully Showtime gives us something here that we can come back and say that we're sorry and we falsely. Uh, basically shot this down without seeing the the full product here, but I kind of feel like that's not going to be the case. Yeah, with the, if, if Vegas Dave's involved, I'm not hopeful. <laughs> right. I know it's, me neither, my friend. Me neither. And to end things out today, one of the uh, more interesting things that happened over the past week was Caesars came out and announced a partnership with Turner Sports. 
Eric Turner Sports, of course, not only owns TNT, where you can watch basketball, and TBS, where you can watch baseball, but also owns Bleacher Report as well, one of the bigger and faster-growing kind of sports entities over the last decade or so, certainly um, from a website perspective and from an app perspective. And what we saw in this was Caesars come out and say that that uh, they're going to allow Turner, well, I think in a joint project here, to build a studio inside one of the Caesars uh, sports books here in Las Vegas, and they're going to actually produce content for their various entities out of this studio here i mean this is the first kind of real huge huge major step that we've seen one of these uh casinos make as far as you know putting programming on of course FanDuel, you they they have a show on the the tvg network but i mean that's a a horse racing network that they own anyway but uh, you know if, if you're talking about getting programming caesar's sponsored programming out of one of their sports books onto tnt onto tbs onto the Bleacher Report app and the Bleacher Report website. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big reach. Yeah, it's a, you know, direct access to a, a hardcore community of sports fans and potential bettors and things like that. We also, VSIN has a, a studio out of South Point, a more betting-centric uh, list of programming. But yeah, this is another thing that you're going to see more of, these these link-ups between gaming companies and and broadcast entities, likely a lot of this targeted to to mobile devices and computers to incorporate betting in the future and things like that. You know, Turner Sports, another one we're watching that, you know, may move a little more aggressively into sports betting at some point. Seems unlikely along the lines of ESPN. But, yeah, keep an eye on these on these big media companies in the sports betting space. Uh, obviously, you know, two two huge names here, Caesars and, and Turner linking up. And Dustin, we talked about the the MGM call, and one of the things that that call brought to light as well was they asked Jim Murin about what he thought about that deal. He said that it was very interesting, and I believe he kind of tipped their cap as well, that he is certainly going to try and pursue that on his end as well, right? Yeah, MGM, uh, you know, obviously been aggressive with the the league deals and with a lot of deals on the sports betting space. Um, absolutely, a media partnership makes sense. It might not come until a little later when they're a little more prepared on the online side, maybe. But I mean, they 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 they're investing a lot in the branding. Um, he, uh, Jim also went on for like four minutes just talking about their sports betting plans after that stuff about the Wire Act, and so you just like he's they're, they're all in on sports betting and uh, the interactivity of sports and all that. Um, so I, I totally agree that we're going to. I mean, maybe it's not this year, but I think we'll see MGM get involved as well. And you know these these big companies here partnering with these media entities. I think it is probably a you know I, I think it's a beneficial thing for for both of these people. So I'm. This is probably just the beginning. We keep talking about this, and it's so crazy to think that we are still... Brett, you and I, you know, laugh and talk on on the side on Slack about how, you know, Dustin and Eric and all of our guys, Adam and everybody that listens to all these calls and all these things that are going on here. But I mean, this is it's really the stuff that's shaping the industry on, on the fly here. I mean, it's crazy to think that we are less than a year into all of this. Yeah, and it's happening so quickly too. There's something new every single day, and God bless you guys for covering it. I mean, oh my yeah, God. I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, also, let's, Matt, let's give our free let's give our free advice too for to, to gaming executives, Caesars. If you're listening out there, the Bleacher Report is constantly putting out offshore yes. lines on its Twitter account, on its yeah, what in the uh, world? Not a, 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 it's mostly on its betting branded account and content, but like I've see I see like every day it's Bavada and uh, and Bet Online, all this. Like you have you just signed a deal to promote your 
sports book, and here Bleacher Report is just constantly shoving offshore lines in people's face. I would, I, I guess I don't, I, I wish there was more due diligence, but I feel like, uh, like obviously Caesars either doesn't. I mean, it's obviously small potatoes, but you just signed a deal to promote your sports, your sports betting product. You should be getting more. You should not be having partnered with somebody who's promoting offshore. Yes. So Caesars, you are listening. I know you are. Get whoever runs the Bleacher Report betting Twitter account does not have your best interest in mind. So go go try to have a nice little conversation with that person and get them to just use your odds. It is very easy for them to get a hold of your odds. It is right there on a on an app and on a website. So yeah, they're they're like they were doing World Series futures odds the other day. I mean, not everything <laughs> that they promote. Uh, has has a, an equivalent at Caesars or in the U.S. market, um, but they had they were literally had uh, World Series odds. Those are those are things you can bet on at any any legal book, including Caesars books. Like I've like, why are you putting a lot of these lines uh, numbers up there? That's ridiculous. Please, please, Caesars, just do us this favor because every time we see it come through our Twitter feed, it just tilts the hell out of us. So just oh, do it yeah. for us, not only for you, but do it for us, right, Dustin? Just do it for yes. us as well. Make, make me happy. I don't. Yeah. I really don't care if you care. Just I care. Yeah, it's a it's our peace of mind here, guys. Thanks for sticking around, and a very special thanks to Nick Bonadio for being with us on the podcast here for this one, guys. As we said, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on all the different places that you listen to podcasts. So please go in and subscribe. Please rate. Please review and keep an eye out. Like we said, next couple of weeks, we will be introducing a new podcast into our network here. The Legal Sports Report podcast. Where we'll really, really get into the nitty gritty on all these things and uh, talk to some of the big industry players on that one as well. For Dustin, for Brett, for Eric, I'm Matt. See you guys next week. <laughs>